I really miss Deacon Terry, and hopefully as he continues on with his physical therapy, he'll be able to be back with us. But if he had to be gone one weekend, this is the one weekend I, I was glad that I got to proclaim the gospel. The last time I read this gospel was in the Holy Land at the spot at which this gospel took place. It's called the Church of the Primacy of Peter. We had mass at an outdoor shrine there, and behind the altar was a relatively small mosaic with three men on it. One you could surmise was Jesus, and he was standing on a rock, and he had his arm around another loosely clad fellow, which is Peter. And at the foot of the rock was a third man lying prostrate with what looked like more modern clothing. He definitely did not look like he was in the same era as the other two, and his face was down and his arms were outstretched and he was embracing the rock. It's interesting. So I'm reading the gospel at that mass in the Holy Land, and it's kind of fun because it's the one time that you can change the words of the gospel, and it's got Vatican approval on it. So instead of saying something like, and Jesus was standing on the shore, it would say, Jesus was standing here. And it's like, wow. It reminded me of when I was in sixth grade. Our, our Catholic school had closed, so my sisters went to uh, uh, Catholic school, but I didn't. And so I went to CCD, which is now PSR, and we would uh, learn about all the things that Jesus did in his time. And then you would go to school and you would learn about the uh, more secular history of the world, I guess. And I remember Mr. Baker in sixth grade drew a timeline on the chalkboard and he was telling us all the things uh, and when they took place in the Roman Empire. And then, kind of almost like a second thought, he said, and of course, here's where Jesus was born and here's where he died and he was writing in all that history above it. And it was for the first time in my young life that these two worlds came crashing together and I realized, wow, these things happened at the same time, in the same place, in the same universe on this earth. It was amazing to me. And I kind of had the, the same experience here when we had this. We're reading this. This just didn't hypothetically take place somewhere. It took place right here where we were standing doing that mass. Real people, real places. And then we got to the part where Jesus was speaking exclusively to Peter and the scene in that mosaic was being lived out. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Okay, so here's Simon Peter. It's not lost on him that he was not the perfect disciple. He was constantly messing up, sticking his foot in his mouth. And you know what, and you could probably write that off as his loyalty. I was just being over loyal, but then right before him, this man, God, of whom he said, I will never betray you, even if it means death. And even though he was warned, not only are you going to, you're going to do it tonight and you're going to do it three times, he still betrayed Christ. Before Jesus was crucified, he told Peter, when I am uh, resurrected, you must strengthen the brothers. And all they did was end up hiding, right? But now he's standing before this man once again and being asked, do you love me? So what do you say? Maybe with a little bit of embarrassment, you kind of kick the ground, you go, oh, yes, Lord, <clears throat> you know that I love you. There was, Jesus doesn't come back with a, then why did you, 
Or an apology would have been nice. Or you've got a funny way of showing it. And all those things might have made it easier for Peter to be truthful. But instead he says, feed my lambs. Have you ever hit a button on your computer and a, something comes up and it says, uh, are you sure you want to delete this document? You're like, no, 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 no. And you're like, you say a prayer for the person who thought that was a good idea to put on the computer. <laughs> so I think it's kind of the same thing what happened the second time then. You know, Peter, are you sure this is what you want to say? So he asked the second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now, I'm not an emotional person. It takes a lot, and I mean a lot, to move me to tears, to be verklempt, you know. It would be possible for me to show you on all my fingers one time how many times I just burst out in tears. But reading this gospel on that site was one of those times. I had to work really hard at self-control. I was, I was reading the gospel because I was afraid I might lose control and start crying. And the weird part was I wasn't sure why. Why? Why was I being moved so much? Maybe I identify a little bit too much with Peter. I do love Jesus. I love you. But try as I might, I'm not always the greatest priest or pastor. Occasionally I'm lazy. Sometimes, a lot of times, I'm way too private. I don't say enough. Sometimes I'm not appreciative enough, whatever. But I do love him. And having to say it almost feels like he doesn't know, but the, perhaps where the real thing is, I needed to know it and then saying it out loud. So maybe shuffling his feet and running his hand through his hair, he says, pushing through his pride, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. There, fine, I said it. And Jesus says, tend my sheep. Then the third time, Jesus asks, do you love me? And Peter's distressed at being asked the third time. It, what, do you not believe me? You know, or are we dredging up these the three denials that I gave you? Do we have to keep bringing that up? So it, is, it sounds like with exasperation, he says, Lord, you know all things. You know well that I love you. Ah! And there he had the perfect chance to be snarky. He could have let pride or annoyance or embarrassment or fear rule him. But in spite of all the bumbling failures in the past, he perseveres and he says, I love you. The church today and historically has often erred terribly. Sometimes I don't feel like the best pastor. Maybe sometimes you don't feel like you've lived up for being the best parent the best spouse or son or daughter, the best sibling, the best friend, the best neighbor, a caretaker, a best man, a best woman, a best Christian, a prayer or defender of the faith. So what do you do? Here's what you do. You love and do what you were called to do. Tend the sheep. It's here we find out who the third person in that mosaic was. It was Pope Paul VI on, in January of 1964, who was saying a mass there on the rock where uh, the primacy of Peter was put out there. And he was similarly moved to follow Peter's example. So after speaking on it, he turned to the people and said, let us repeat together with Peter 
his heartfelt yet sincere proclamation. So I'm going to ask you to repeat after me, just as Pope Paul VI did. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And after having done that, the Pope blessed the people, and as it said on a marker there, in a magnificent gesture, he opened wide his arms, and overwhelmed with emotion, he let himself fall on that sacred rock, which he warmly embraced. And all of us, despite whatever may have been in our past or is in our present, with Peter, we have told Jesus the perfect amount of times that we love him. And now we need to follow the advice that Jesus gives Peter. Feed my sheep. Start doing today what you always knew you were supposed to do, but maybe were afraid or embarrassed or unwilling or lazy, whatever. Today, just start following your vocation. Serve those whom you are called to serve. Pray when you are called to pray. If life is not in order, get life in order. Be who you were meant to be as sons and daughters of your heavenly Father. Listen to the voice of the one who loves you and only wants the best for you. Feed my sheep.